When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I don't know what I did between like last like our last show we did like this and this week. But I, I, I have my camera set up differently and I'm really liking this angle. So I know, I like it. Me, it's a very flattering angle. Um So today we are talking about Ryan's pick for the week, which is the twenty thirteen film Blue Ruin. But before we get into that, uh anything you guys want to talk about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched a thing. I don't know who's you going first thing? here. Uh, I watched a thing. I think I think Ryan's going first, but I, I need to okay, ask you guys I'll go something. First. Yeah, uh, I need <laughs> to ask you guys something. Did you guys see the picture that Weird Al Yankovic posted today? Of nope. Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. Daniel Radcliffe as Daniel as a uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Is it Not as good exactly. as I assumed it was going to be? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's it perfect. Looks like it was, <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait for this movie. I don't think we've talked about this on the show yet. But I cannot wait no. for this movie. Uh, like, shut up and take my money. I uh, I am very familiar with, like, Weird Al's history. And I wonder what part of it they're going to make, like, the compelling drama part of it. And, like, because, I mean, he has essentially one very, very tragic thing in his life to happen. And I really hope that they don't base, like, the whole movie around it. But, like, he's just, like, a silly dude. Like, he's just always been a silly dude. What was the tragic thing in his life? He bought his parents a house with part of his success money, and uh, they both died in it because of a carbon monoxide or because of carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh wow! And like, I genuinely hope that that's not like the focus of the movie. And I hope I it's like, yeah. If, from if, if Funny or Die is producing it, I don't think that will be the center of the movie. Fair, 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 fair. I, it's a silly guy, like. He made like the Volcano Worshippers Club in high school. Like, I want to watch that. Yeah. Like, well, I want to watch I mean, him. Like, yeah. What if? What if this is kind of? What if this is Weird Al's telling of his caricature, his life story? So, like, what his like onstage persona could have gone through growing up? Yes, that's what I kind of see this being. Because of Daniel Radcliffe's like past performances and the type of movies he's done, something like that would be really right up his alley. Isn't that <laughs> like, mostly just UHF though? I mean, kind of to a point. Okay, okay, so a prequel to UHF, Look, but I mean not. I mean, it's more to like Weird Al's caricature of himself when he's on stage. Okay, I. How many Twinkie Wiener sandwiches do we think are going to be in the movie? Not enough. Uh, not enough is Not the enough. answer to that. It's the only answer. That sandwich was delicious. I might go to the store and ma- buy stuff to make one tonight because <laughs> I stand by the Twinkie Wiener sandwich is delicious and you cannot change my mind on that. I still need to try it. And it is the most American thing ever. <laughs> so... I don't know if I can I don't know if I can make it here to be fair. Yes, yes you can. You can you, make you a can... British version of it. It's fine. You, you can't get Twinkies? 
I don't know. I haven't found Twinkies, but I also don't actively look for Twinkies. So maybe they exist here. I I'm sure you can find Twinkies. I, I think They're the biggest problem is going to be Cheese Whiz. Yes. No, they have American Isles where you can sometimes find Cheese Whiz. Oh, okay. The thing that's going to do it for me is how they package hot dogs here. Because they package them in a glass jar in what looks like formaldehyde, like everyone's science fair project. That's how you buy hot dogs here. That's why they did not become popular here. Are they like, like tightly packed though, or are they just like floating like pickles? No, they're floating. They're just floating around like pickles. Why? Okay, I, 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 I'm sorry. I need to go into a little bit of a cultural rant. Do it. Why do like? I get it. We 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 use Alan and I use a bastardized version of the English language. I get that. I will give the British the true you know title of using English correctly. Okay, I, like sure. there's that. But they're food. I don't understand the way stuff is packaged. Like, it's it's kind of like the Simpsons episode where they go to Australia and, mm. and you know, Lisa's like, we call it a bullfrog. And the guy behind the counter is like, oh, we were going to call it like a widgeby gobbit or something like that. It's like, that's like the food version of like, you put hot dogs in a jar and just let them float around. Like, as... As an American who understands how unhealthy hot dogs are, but at the same time really like hot dogs, that is a horrible way of packaging. <laughs> so horrible... look, now with all of the extra hot dog water, you can pour a little bit into an extra dirty martini. And you can't do that in the United States. Hold up on that statement. What? <laughs> you know how you pour olive juice in an extra dirty martini? Now you can just yeah. put hot dog water. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, 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 stop. That is a crime against God and nature, just like fat-free Twinkies. Like, Look those up, shouldn't if, exist, and that shouldn't exist. If you ever have a chance, and you're by a computer, and I don't assume that you both are, uh, look up a British <laughs> dish called Stargazy Pie. No, because... I, no, because... Do you want to know why? Because I've seen enough British dishes that would gross me out, so no. I'm not going to add another one to the list. It's a real food they eat it here. Promise. I, what was I, it I called? Don't care. Stargazy Pie. Like, stargazing, but with an E at the end, and then pie. Is it it's, like a dinner version of like a moon pie, which is also a disgusting thing? No, it's a uh, it is a fish filled meat pie, uh, which is traditionally served with the heads of the fish sticking out the top of the dish, looking up at the stars while you eat the rest of it. Okay, so that's a yes, not a no. <laughs> is that close to what a moon pie is? I don't think moon you, pies are like that. You don't understand my disdain for 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 moon pies. What did moon pies ever do to you? Uh, making me think it was going to be a vanilla sandwich and not a marshmallow one the first time I ever had one. <laughs> Biting into one of those things and thinking that you're going to be getting like two chocolate, you know, like cookie things and then having mm. like vanilla cream in the middle, just kind of like a chocolate chip, you know, cookie like sandwich. And uh -huh. instead I bite into it and it's like a banana flavored marshmallow. Uh, no. Are those memes where everything's cake just your nightmare? Kinda. So I, I just pulled up a picture of Stargazy Pie. Did you? Because, is it? Is it because if thing? I had to see it, so did everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's it's disgusting. And I, yep. This is yeah. this is where I live. This is where I live now. Anyway, yeah. Let's uh, get let's, let's get track. into let's get back into today's uh, topics. Um, also, moon pies are delicious. Uh, just that's that fine. That's fine. If you like them, good. You know that. That's more power. Yeah. The company has to stay, you know, yeah. profitable somehow. <laughs> All right. Sp spoken like a true capitalist. 
Uh, <laughs> Ryan, what, what did you watch this week? So, um, I watched the first, like, four episodes of Disenchantment of season four, which I have to say, I'm enjoying. I, I yeah. don't like the show as much as I like Futurama. I am discovering that I don't like it as much as, as I do The Simpsons, because I'm in season seven right now of my official Simpsons watch. Wow. You're in season time. seven already? You, went, you, you guys don't understand far. how I watch shows. Like when I watch something, like I have it on my phone in the morning, getting ready for work. I have it on my phone for lunches. I come home and I'll watch like three or four episodes in like one shot. And then I'll go and do other stuff. I'll, I'll tell you this. Start to pace yourself. Cause you're in like the, the best era of the Simpsons. Oh right no, now. no, no, no. I, I, Believe me, I know. And there's stuff about The Simpsons that I really want to talk to you guys about because I'm starting to realize some things about my own family. And not and not because of what's in this show, but by the episodes I remember watching. Oh, no. Okay. So I'm starting to get some parallels between, like, you know, times of, like, we watched The Simpsons and times we didn't watch The Symptoms and Simpsons. I'm starting to, like, understand some things. Um, but besides that, on uh, Disenchant... Intangement. If people kind of watch season one and they kind of mm -hmm. like didn't really pick it up, they're pretty much carrying this narrative that like Elfo and Lucy, I believe, no, uh, the demon, her like demon little sidekick cat thing. Mm -hmm. um, there is an incredible, like really intertwined story going on. This is that is just hysterical uh, to me. Um, and I'm not a big fantasy person. I'm not a big, you know, like that like category that genre but this pokes fun at that genre enough that i really enjoy it see so. i like fantasy a lot and i keep feeling like i would really like this but i keep getting incredibly put off by like there's a, a preview that like plays and of it and it's essentially like the princess and then she's like i don't want to be a princess anymore and like goes out drinking yeah, that and that that that's that is only season one. <laughs> she well, gets involved is, in yeah, she, yeah. She, she she gets involved in so much stuff that she doesn't mm -hmm. have time to do any of that. Yeah, my assumption is that's like episode one, season one, too, because that's kind of how Netflix does its previews. Yeah. Is it like yeah. cuts together best bits from the first episode, and like I don't know that like premise of like you're supposed to be a princess why are you drunk at a pub like that doesn't like get, grab me enough well i think the the only netflix show that doesn't show like episode one season one anymore is like house of cards for reasons <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah. um yeah but uh the, the thing the thing about that like no like there's only one or two people chasing after her about drinking in bars and other than that everybody in town is so used to her doing that that nobody like bats an eye at it yeah I remember watching at least most of the first season, if not the whole thing, but I know it's one of those shows that I just kind of forgot about. Mm -hmm. Um, it, but I, if it gets, if it, if it like changes a bit, like into this new season, maybe I'll, I'll pick it back up again and give it another shot. Here, um, um, cause, cause I like, like I'm the, I'm a big Simpsons fan. Uh, yeah. as you can see, I have the Simpsons comic right here. Um, and like Simpsons pins scattered throughout my board here. Um, but, and I like Futurama and I like, so I pretty much like everything Matt Groening's done. I just haven't really given this a fair shot. I think. Disenchantment. It kind of got off to like a bit of a, like a stumble a little bit mm -hmm. in season one, but like to give you an idea from like what you guys know of disenchantment, 
to what I'll, I'll give you like a very quick unspoilery like version of what's going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Bean was at the start of this season. Bean is being forced to marry the devil. Um, her demon sidekick is trying to find a way to, to get out of hell. Um, uh, is trying to find a way to, to get out of heaven. And mm-hmm. Elfo is finding out that um, his mom's an, a, an ogre and not an elf. And so it's really throwing him off. Um, Interesting. So that's where they are now in season four. And a lot of things change between season one and season four. And it's nuts. I mean, it really is. It's it's funny. So, I mean, okay. I, I like the humor in it. I have to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, Devin, you also have something from Netflix that you I watched. Uh, it's called a- It's called Inventing Anna. Okay, before I go off on anything here, do you guys know the premise of this show? Uh, I, somebody sh- I, I know the... Sorry. I know a little bit. Okay, Ryan? Um, someone's trying to invent an Anna? That's it. It's like we, that movie Weird Science, but with somebody named Anna this time. Uh, no, it's... So it's just... <laughs> it's a story that's a, essentially a real-life story. Um it's the life story of somebody who is maybe named Anna Delby. She is this uh, young woman who impersonated or kind of swindled her way into high society and cheated a lot of people out of a lot of money in an effort to look like she was rich and famous and well off and, you know, all of those things. Um, it reminds me a bit of something that I had also watched but forgot to mention, The Tinder Swindler. If you guys had seen oh, that. It is a bit like that, where she essentially uses one person to pay for one thing while she's with one group, then uses someone else to pay for something with another group, and all this whole time keeping up this air of, I'm this, you know, billionaire heiress, uh, and all of those types of things. And it it makes me mad, this show, in a way that not a lot of shows make me mad. And I don't want to turn you guys off of it if you're genuinely interested in watching this, but I think that... As a society, if we're going to tell stories like this, we have a responsibility to correctly frame who the villain is and who the villain is not. And casting a swindler, somebody who has essentially stolen thousands of dollars from real people trying to, you know, work hard and make that money for real, that is not your hero in the story. Yes, they could be an anti-hero. They could be somebody that's like a, you know, an interesting villain. Like, they could set her up as a very interesting villain, but she is unequivocally the villain of this story. But you can tell that they paid her $300,000 for the rights of this story with the caveat that she's not the bad guy. Not only that, like, they had to pay so much for this story rights so that they could pay her legal fees. Right. Like, that's what I know about this. The whole Tinder swindler thing I could go off on, too, because I haven't seen the show. But I know that he's like trying to make money off of his fame now, which is also hate disgusting. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate like it, he, hate it. Like he's on Cameo now, so I guess I have to cancel that request for your birthday, Devin. It's too late. <laughs> uh, I would be so upset if we gave him money. Yeah, Do uh, I know what. Sorry. No, go ahead. Do I know what causes the fact that we have to do stuff like that? Kind of like tell people, hey, who the villain is and like who the, the good person is. It's the fact that you have so many people that watch movies and identify too much with the villain or the the issue. Like, you know, 
movie falling down. You're not supposed to love the guy that's going around L.A. causing havoc. But American Psycho, you're not supposed to like you know him for having a mental breakdown. Like you're not supposed like it's supposed to be a mirror, not something you're supposed to try to find pride in. (laughs) I I I think like with the uh, like just going off of the one scene of falling down that I've seen, I think it's the like idolizing somebody who's able to say the things that you couldn't at least in that aspect um as far as far as american psycho goes i mean it's huey lewis in the news who's not gonna do <laughs> that um but you know what like, i mean though no but no, no like, absolutely. but no like the big thing was like like even like the mcu is dealing with this now with the whole thanos is right thing like not only are fans saying that but there's people in the world in the world of the mcu who say that like mm-hmm. it's on coffee mugs, um, but no, I I think it, it I blame the Kardashians. Yeah, I, I, it's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, I maybe it was the Great Train Robbery movie. Maybe that's where it started when movies started. I don't know, but like I I just it it makes me so upset that they're framing her in this way where she looks like she's smart. Yes, she got caught and she's in jail, but also it still kind of worked out for her. You too can be famous if you trick all of your friends and loved ones into paying you thousands and thousands of dollars. And sure, you'll end up in jail, but at least you got a cool, sassy attitude in a Netflix series based on you. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Also, as a weird personal note, I hate the the subplots in it. All the subplots feel like they're, uh, like, oh, just, like, really bad, like, soap opera beats. Like, they wanted to make this couple seem, like, down-to-earth and relatable and there for each other. So all of their conversations happen in their bedroom while drinking wine, not sitting on any of the chairs in the bedrooms, not sitting on the bed. They're sitting at the foot of the bed, leaning against the bed, just chatting about life. It's like, stop it. Like, that's not how people sit. Is this a show or a movie? Movie. Or it's a show. It's a series. Are 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 you still watching it? Did you watch the whole thing? I will not watch any more of it. I got to the part where they started giving me the answers. How and many then episodes? Could, uh, I think it's six. I got four in. Not four. I, I got like three in. I wouldn't even gotten that far. <laughs> so I got to the point where they, because the whole like episode one sets up like, what did she do? Who is this mysterious woman? She's in jail? I thought she was an artist. And does all, like, ask all these questions. Like, Great. I want to know these things. And then I found out about episode three that there's a documentary that just tells you what she did. And I'm like, good. That's the only thing I care about. I'm going to stop this and watch the documentary. Got it. I didn't realize so. Anna Klumski's in this, so. From Veep? From My Girl, but yes, Veep. I don't know My Girl. Still haven't seen My Girl. Oh, jeez. Um, well, we so, did an episode on it. Oh, I know that there are bees involved because of your memes. It. Just, just, okay. just watch it. Just watch it. Just watch it. Um, That's your homework like... for this week, Devin. You got to watch My Girl and report back. Done. Just don't forget your glasses, okay? Oh, Okay. Completely Remember unrelated side note. I don't have anything prepared yeah. for this because I wasn't prepared to talk about this. Guess who showed up on the Righteous Gemstones this week? Who? Macaulay fucking Culkin. <laughs> no, he did He did. Shoot, I gotta watch this. Okay. Yeah, he shows up like so the one guy the one character uh like abandoned his son mm-hmm. like in the nineties at a mall at Christmas time. And like the, the whole season's dealt with like his uh his guilt with that because he has a new another kid coming. So he goes to visit his adult son and it's just Macaulay Culkin. So it's just <laughs> Macaulay Culkin and Walter Goggins 
just acting it out and it was phenomenal that's pretty amazing though surprise macaulay culkin is the best macaulay culkin of course Um, it is but uh okay anything else on inventing anna no that was it don't watch it i hate it all right um yeah i'm sure my wife's not gonna want to watch it because that's her name um but she does like watching (laughs) the thing that i'm gonna talk about uh tell me the hulu show dollface have you guys heard of this show I have, I have. It's um, oh, the one lady from Zach and Cody, uh, and Brenda Song, Brenda Song, and Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings, yeah. Kat Dennings is there a star. Like she's the main okay. character. Uh, Brenda Song's on it. Macaulay Culkin shows up in the first season. No, he uh, doesn't. He does. Yeah. Uh, he's actually Brenda Song's. I don't know if they're married or not, but I know they have a kid together. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so this show was revolves around uh, a group of women around our age. So a lot of the references that they make are like are right for our for like our age group. Uh, <laughs> the second season deal that just premiered uh, on Hulu a few weeks ago, um, and it deals a lot with like Cat Dating's character turning thirty because you know there hasn't been a lot in pop culture that deals with that recently. <laughs> Um, but it's a really funny show. It mm-hmm. pushes the, like it, it's on Hulu, but it's an ABC show, but it pushes the line for a sitcom. Like this last episode we just watched before the show, like it cuts to the four main women, like standing in a line in front of a wall of dildos. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, you want to see that on ABC, but you can see that yeah, on, on Hulu. ABC. Um, it, it's really good. It's got a great cast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it. This is going to sound like a really mean question, but like, is there a hook or is it just like, these are four women in their 30 or about to turn 30 navigating. So the, the hook is cat dating starts to have hallucinations of a, of a uh, cat lady who like guides her through life. Like the first episode is she gets dumped and realizes mm-hmm. she has no women friends to turn to because she's kind oh. of been absorbed completely by her relationship. Sure. Uh, so it's like trying to reconnect to old friends and like this cat like guides her through like being a, a woman w- with friends. And now this season is like <laughs> her like uh, not so much like she ha- she fixed the fix those relationships. So now it's now you have to be you have to take care of yourself, like put yourself first, not your friendships, put yourself first. And Kat is like, well, that's what I that's not what you told me last year. What what changed? And <laughs> Um, but it's really well done. Um, the, uh, the cat lady effects seem weird this season. Uh, the first season, I think they, like this premiered right before COVID hit. So Mm -hmm. like, so it's been like two years since the show aired, but they did like a quick recap of what happened during COVID. Like, Oh, we're all just gonna, we're just gonna put a pin in everything because right after that last episode, COVID hit. And so like (laughs) nothing has been resolved for the last two years. Uh, but we're going to deal with it now, which I thought was kind of clever. Um, so wait, COVID like canonically happens in the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's an awesome way of dealing with it. It mm-hmm. is. It really Good job. is. Uh, and they, they kind of do like the one girl has like a, a boyfriend that she lived with during COVID that she's worried. Like now that they're going out in the real world, like, like he's too good looking for her. And like, like, like it, it's really interesting how they deal with it. It's probably one of the better sitcoms I've seen in a long time. 
Okay. I definitely recommend it over How I Met Your Father, which I'm also still oh. watching. But uh, Dollface is better. But I just had a really, it, I just had a really bad thought. So what? you know how you know how people still still you know do the whole thing about looking at a couple in public and going, "Wow, how did he or you know how did she land them?" Like they're so far out of their league. I have a very nasty suspicion that as we get older, like twenty, maybe you know, like ten or fifteen years from now, people are going to see other pe- couples in public and go, "Oh, that's a COVID couple." <laughs> they only got together because of covid you know what i mean Maybe. like that whole yeah. thing like oh, I, yeah. I really wonder if that's gonna be a thing <laughs> really she's in a social circle Sorry. <laughs> jokes on them i was in my relationship 10 years before <laughs> um, all right um i think that does it for what we watched this week uh, let's get into today's main topic um, but before we do that, uh, I gotta, I gotta do something. Hold on. Go in. There we go. <laughs> and there we go. There, oh, yeah. that's perfect. Oh. Uh, we're talking about the 2013 film Blue Ruin. Which we I both really... purposely made ourselves blue, by the way. I really um, like that you did that, and I didn't do anything along those lines, as you can see. <laughs> That's okay. It's yeah. the thought that counts. Your cord on your on your thing is blue. That was it's always it's always blue. They don't it's... need to know that. Oh yes, they. Oh, anyone. Anyway, <laughs> so we're doing Blue Ruin, like Alan said. It was. It, it's a 2013 film. I was introduced to this film in 2015. Uh, Kristen watched it. She thought that I would really like it. And so I, she kind of dragged me in in front of the TV because I'm very hesitant to really watch anything. And I fell in love with this movie. I don't know why exactly we are going to talk about all of of the, the things that I like about this film. But for the life of me over the past week, I cannot just name you one reason why I like this film. It's just a bunch of little reasons why I like this film. Um... So that's my uh, history with it. Um, which one of you guys want to go first and talk about your first run through with it? Do you want to go first, Alan? Uh, no, you go right ahead. All right, sure. So I, you know, I, I honestly had never heard of this movie before you had mentioned it. Uh, I, I think literally last week you heard me go, what? <laughs> like when you mentioned the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I think I've like seen this poster around somewhere. And I'm going to be, so before the movie, I was like, Ryan's having us watch this like art house movie. It's called Blue Ruin. And I like read the like plot synopsis, which is like, oh my, it's something like an assassin is like out for revenge or something like that, which is like the, the worst read on this movie. Like I think anyone could possibly give, like it's so uncharitable and not what this movie is, but I read it and I was like, am I just going to watch John Wick again? I want to watch a different John Wick. Holy cow, Ryan. I This was a good movie. I like this movie a lot, and I'm happy to try to articulate why I liked it, because I ugh, I loved it. I mean, yeah. it, I was watching it, and I'm like, this is why I like movies, like almost all the time. Uh, so I I loved it, and I'm going to just gush for the rest of the, the rest of the show. Okay. Alan? I don't know how I feel about this movie. I feel like I'm in the Devin spot that we usually, that he's usually in. <laughs> I, I'm 
I'm torn on this movie. I, I like some of what they did. Um, there are parts of this that I had to like not look at, and uh, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, like, like I don't know. I'm I. The one thing I will say is I'm mad. I had to get H. I had to get Cinemax to watch it. I couldn't even rent oh. it from iTunes. Um, I had to sign up for a subscription to Cinemax. Luckily, I got a free week. So, uh, you should have pro- told. <laughs> Do you own it, Ryan? Um, Krista, like, cause it's on Amazon and you okay. can either rent it for, you can either rent it for like three ninety nine or buy it for like seven ninety nine. And, and her and I both love this movie. So mm. we're like, we're, we're just going to buy it. We don't want to have to wait yeah. and wait for this thing to cycle through the streaming services. So we just bought it. Nice. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pay anything for it. Uh, as long as I cancel my Cinemax <laughs> trial, I'll be fine. But it's like it, it was weird that it wasn't available on iTunes of all places. Um, but yeah, I mean, I there are things I liked about it. There are things I didn't like um, that we can get into. Um, but overall, it, it was okay. Like I think that's where I'm okay. at. I'm middle of the road. Okay. All right. Okay. Challenge um, accepted. I think. Yeah. So convince to me, get Devin. In, That's your job. I will. I will. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. it. So right. to get into uh, a little bit of history about the director and writer, because he hasn't really done him much. No. Um, now he uh, he has done when it comes to you know what you know on IMDb and the section of you know like more like this and it's basically stuff that he did. Um, the first two things that come up is the green room, which is a movie that I've been, that's been on my watch list forever. And I think I'm finally going to watch it at some point this week. Um, and which is another movie that he directed and wrote. And then a movie that, um, he did back in 2007 called murder party that has a very interesting poster (laughs) as a, yeah, a a guy holding chainsaws in an X (laughs) Oh, um, there's that. But I mean, he's only uh, so only three major movies he's directed and two of them are sitting at a 7.0 and a 7.1 on IMDb. Um, so, I mean, he's, you know, good average <laughs> when it comes to the movies <laughs> he does. Um, but one of the things that stands out in this movie, and it's the biggest one piece of the puzzle to me, is the main actor, uh, Micken Miken Blur. His last name's Blar. I'm just gonna go with that. Um, Blair. Is it Blair? Blair. Thank you. Blair. B L A I R. So I think it's Blair. He. You're, his. Okay. I'm dyslexic, so have fun with that. So <laughs> his his IMDb picture, real quick, just looks like somebody de-aged John Goodman. <laughs> that is that yeah if no, it makes it you does. feel better i saw a picture of him and went oh javier bardem's in this movie <laughs> Wasn't um it? javier good goodman yeah. so one of that's probably like on the list of puzzle pieces as to why i like this movie his is probably the biggest piece mm-hmm. um his performance in this and his ability to absolutely look like he is out of his depth is amazing to me 
because there are so many times where like you can tell he doesn't know what he's doing. He's making this up as he's going along. And there are moments where you can tell that he's just treading water. And that gets into one of my favorite scenes, but I'll save that for later. What did you guys think of his performance specifically? I, I mean, I loved it. I So it I love the fact that he looks and acts the way that he does because I'm so sick of, I mean, I'm not sick of this, but I am kind of a little bit where like, in order to make a situation more tense or a situation more difficult for like a protagonist in any kind of like revenge or action-y movie, they'll just be like, all right, we'll throw more bad guys in it or we'll throw a big bad guy at him where he's really tall and buff and they have to do a punching contest. (laughs) And like, I'm just so glad they didn't do that with this. And I'm so glad that like, he looks like he's in over his head, which added tension to what for like a John Wick movie would have been essentially like him going to the bathroom. Like, you know, killing, like, one person with his back turned to him with a gun. Like, sure, John Wick would have done that, and he didn't even have to, like, break a sweat. This guy, like, this was a tense, like, real moment. You felt the weight of what he was doing, and it added so much to it. I mean, even the beginning where you see where you see him, like, you know, essentially homeless, like, I don't know. It did so much to endear me to the character without him even saying a word. Which that, he like, doesn't for a long time. And <laughs> and he mentions it, and it's, it's so good. He has such a... it's. I don't know, grounded is a word that people, I feel like, use too much without meaning too much. But I think it's a really grounded performance. He feels like a real person that, like, you would just see. Yeah. Let me use this word that is that I think is used too much to describe the thing that I... As the, th- as the thing that's being used Look, too much. I called it out, so it's okay to use it. That's how this works. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I uh, He's very quiet in the first... 20 minutes of the film. I think the film does a good job of telling the story without using any dialogue. Um, Cause even when he's brought in by the cop, I don't think he really says anything. No, not too much. Um, no. So it does a good job of that, but I, I feel it felt tropey to me. Like it just felt like, okay, this guy's just going to be quiet. And then uh, he's going to do this, uh, this, this, ungodly deed um and just look like terrified the whole time like that's like <laughs> he just looked like he, he looked like a deer in headlights the whole time to me um and i'm not just talking about the beginning of the film i'm talking about the whole time like it's just something about his eyes just um i wish he didn't shave as much as i hated the beard i wish he didn't say shave um I mean, his performance was fine. It just, it just felt like he, it felt like he was reacting to something that wasn't there the whole time. And it, it didn't come across as fear to me the whole time. It just come, came across as, um, like a panic. Like he, I get that he's panicking, but it, it just came across. I guess the word I'm looking for is cheesy. Like sure. just the way, just the way he, he looked reacting to the things that were happening around him. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I mean, th- 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 I can see that. One of the things that I like about his performance though, in this is that the fact that he is homeless and he is for like 10 years, you know, from when what happened to their his parents and his sister's parents, you know, happens. Mm-hmm. 
I almost feel like he's dealing with more than just uh, grief. I feel like there's something like uh, what's 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 the term? What's the term that they use now? Uh, Post traumatic stress. No, no, beyond that. Uh, Neo divergent. Mm. Like there's that term for people that have, you know, that their brains don't work, you know, the average way compared to, you know, the majority of people do. There's a term for that now that like encompasses every type of mental health. When you don't know exactly what the issue is, there's a term for it now. And it's like neurodivergent or something like neurodivergent. Yeah. Yeah. There. I feel like he's that in this. Because there are times when I feel like he's not processing emotions. It's more or less he's processing wants and needs instead of feelings. Um, and I get, uh, and where I get that from is his talk with his sister when he actually mm-hmm. has a conversation with her for the first time in like 10 years. And Devin, to your point, he says, I don't talk much. Yeah. You know, I don't do a lot of talking. The way that he was talking to her, looking around the room, like, I've seen that type of body language before in old classmates I used to have. I mean, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't necessarily even know that it's a specific, like, neurodivergence, like, that it was built in his character in a type of backstory that we don't get to see where he just is a neurodivergent individual. I think it's just a byproduct of being homeless. I think that him looking around in the diner shifty like that read to me as... I'm never welcome in establishments like this. I'm waiting to get thrown out. It could be like, that too. That, I mean, that's that's essentially yeah. how I feel. Like, it, it was that um, Ernest Hemingway short story, A Clean, Well-Lighted Place. Like, it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's finally in a place where he feels safe and he can have this kind of conversation and open up in a way that he probably has wanted to for, what, 10 years now since he's been homeless? But, but he, he literally can't until now. And it makes him uncomfortable. Right. It, it yeah. just doesn't I feel mean, right. It could also be that I'm reading it into it where it's not there just because of my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking my own experiences and putting them into place where I've seen that before. So, I mean, it could also be that too. I'm just reading something that's not there. Um, but th- this whole thing leads to my favorite scene in this entire movie um, is when he has the guy in the trunk and oh, yeah. they're having their conversation. Um, but so when, when it, and when it comes to what they were talking about, what did you guys think of the overall narrative in this about the fight between the families? Um, cause that's almost an American story that's told over and over and over again. How, how did you guys feel of this telling of that? I'm trying to think of other instances of your dad slept with my wife. Some, or my, like, that's not the story that I know for the Hatfields and McCoys, but it feels very Hatfields and (laughs) McCoys. Well, I mean, yes. Um, I mean, so wait, was it, it was his, the main guy's mom slept with the other one's dad, or is it the the other way around? I think it's the other way around. It's Dwight's dad slept with their mother. Okay. And that husband went, went batshit yeah so uh and then when their father found out and went to go kill him he did that with both of dwight's and his sister's parents in the car and killed both of them right and that's what started this whole thing 
Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I don't know I, where I was going. No, no. I liked it. I, I really did like the story. I liked that, like, in the beginning, you kind of get this setup of, like, you know, this is the person that he's after. This is why he's after them. Like, and he, you know, he tells his sister, like, I killed him. And it's, you know, it, it's very much like, okay, good. You got, you got your revenge. Now, like, there's going to be some retaliation. I think I know where this movie's going. I did, that part did genuinely surprise me. And I mean, I don't know that there was much that kind of signaled that prior to it that like I should have picked up on. Um, I don't, I don't remember like there being kind of any breadcrumbs there, but I think I liked that little twist where it's like, okay, great. You got yourself in this whole bait, this really, really deep hole because you chose to resort to violence and because you didn't even do it right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And there is a little breadcrumb, but there's no context to it at the very beginning. So it doesn't make any sense. What, what um, is it? Cause I missed it. There's bullet holes in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, Pontiac or Buick. I forget which one it is. I think it's a Pontiac, but there's bullet holes around where the driver's side window is in the car. Okay. So the next time you see it, you go, mm -hmm. oh, he's driving the car his parents were killed in. Okay. Got it. I would not have picked up on that. Yeah. Blue I, ruin. <laughs> I saw that on IMDb and I was like, oh, okay. That would have been cool if they had uh, actually alluded to that in the film instead of having to read it <laughs> online. So. I have a I have one issue with the car, and I think I I think I've justified it in my mind. But this is my this is my main issue. I so he leaves the car because he left the keys by the dead body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Goes to his sisters in Pittsburgh. Is that right? No, 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 no. Goes to his, goes to his sisters. Okay. Goes, goes to his with si sisters in Maryland. Okay. Goes to his sisters. Mm -hmm. The bad guys show up in the shitty blue car. And I, I was like, okay, why do they have to drive his car? Like, that makes no sense to me because <laughs> it's a piece of shit. I guess the justification is so they, they're not tracked at all when they kill this guy. But even like, it's just an excuse to get the car back to him so he can have it for the rest of the film, which I, I get. But I'm like, they they wouldn't drive his car. Right. <laughs> Right? Well, Am I crazy? Actually, no. Um, so <laughs> they are. So they didn't call the police. They don't want yeah. the police involved. Yeah. They want to get their own retaliation. But at the same time, they don't want to be going to jail. So to them, it would just be easier to go into the house using his vehicle to do so because he didn't go to the police either, you know, or else they'd know. So they use his vehicle to drive to where the address is and the paperwork and the glove box, which is how they found out uh, is where the house was to begin with. They go into the house with a crossbow, kill him. Anybody else in the house, they kill too. And then they walk down the street with his cell phone, call the family, and they pick them up. I, to me, that I, makes sense. I didn't even take it as them planning it out that much. I really didn't. I took it as... Oh no, he stole our car. Here's the keys to the one he left behind. We're just doing this really quickly and not planning it. And probably we don't have enough money to afford a different car. Well, they say that they own like a chain of limos. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Never mind then. They probably had a chain of limos. Maybe so, you don't. You maybe you don't mix business with like assassination or something in that world. You, I don't know. That's a good. You point. don't mix business with pleasure. But I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's. 
Kristen watches criminal crime documentaries all the time. And to mm-hmm. be honest, what they did in the movie makes sense. Okay. To me. Oh, so when it, when it comes to that. This is something that I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys cuz this was kind of the overwhelming sense that I got from when I watched the movie is that like this felt like a more realistic version of like a John Wick story, right? Like instead of the dog you kill the parents. But like instead of like this super sleek assassin who's like, you know, looks good in a tailored suit and is going to a sommelier that sells guns like he's going to his redneck friend who has too many guns which is exactly where i would go if i was gonna get guns i absolutely uh, his, love that whole sequence i love it and and that like and the, like he's he's doing this and he's like killing the guy he said he wanted to kill but like he's not doing it well he's forgetting things he's i don't know this red is kind of a a more realistic version of what this would look like did you guys get that sense or was some of the things in it just like too over the top stupid because like i can i can see that read of it too you keep like talking about it like it's it's a different take on a john wick story i don't see i can't compare this to john wick at all except for the fact that john wick has training and experience and this guy is making it up by the seam of his pants as he goes along Mm -hmm. um i think i compare it because it's just a revenge story like It's revenge. That's what it is. Because in John Wick, he goes through, yeah. But in John Wick, you get to see everything. Like, at least in John, I guess the big thing for, the big difference for me is like, in John Wick, you see the dog die. Like, you see why he's so upset. You get to see him suffer. Mm -hmm. And this, we're just kind of like, okay, here's this guy who, who, a homeless guy at the beach. And you Mm -hmm. don't really get to, like, it slowly reveals everything, whereas John Wick puts everything out front. Like, okay, this is what... This is this is the setup for the movie. This is why this guy's going out for revenge. Um, and I think this one kind of shoots itself in the leg with a crossbow when you have like the, the <laughs> kid in the back of the limo be like, oh, but he didn't kill your parents like from the get go. Like he was innocent. And that, so I guess for me, the whole thing was like, OK, so all this is real. OK, so if he wasn't responsible, like. Why, why are we doing all of this? Like what 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 actually happened? Like instead of asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of goes off on this path of, I'm just going to kill to kill and I'm going to scare the shit out of my sister for no reason. And like, well, I mean, he, he didn't scare her for no reason though. They, they came to the house to find him and kill him yeah. and possibly her. So, I mean, like, it's the thing is like, he, he believed that the guy that was in jail, the, the one son killed his parents so he went and killed him in revenge and then his plan was to just jump back in uh is in the pontiac and Mm -hmm. drive away and hopefully get away with it Mm -hmm. that went south when the guy was choking his neck and his cheap necklace broke and Mm -hmm. uh and he lost the keys Mm -hmm. he stole the limo the kid in the back seat says that and then from there on the damage is already done They were going to come for retaliation. That's why they showed him flipping through the TV in the one house he was squatting in for like 12 hours. Um, And then he knew that he he eventually, you know, figured it out in his head that, oh, crap, they're coming to the house. And then he sent her away. I mean, so really, it's just one giant chain of you know everybody wants revenge and this is what happens like there's no winners in it i i i I, I, I think yeah 
I think that's my problem with it because I mm-hmm. know from the beginning no one's going to come out of this clean. Uh, this is going to go south for everyone. And it, it any other week I probably would have enjoyed this more. Uh, this week <laughs> I, I probably just wasn't in the right mindset for it. Um, but. It, there were many times in the movie I was like, "Don't do it, dude! Like, come on! Like, this, this is your <laughs> like you you want out? Like, just 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 end it here. Uh, like like the phone call at the very end where he leaves the message and like uh, like what? I guess I'm just like I'm trying to understand. Like, justify this for me. Like, okay, why call and leave that voice message? Like, the, this is done." Uh, I want to be done with this. Uh, leave my sister out of it. If you find me, great. Like, I just want to be done. Like, mm-hmm. why leave that message and then stay there with a shotgun around the corner? Like that was he waiting? Was he well, waiting to see if if they really he wanted would be an done? answer? Yeah, he wanted an answer, and then he didn't turn around and shoot until the one guy said, "No, we're on our way to Pittsburgh, man." And then that's when he turned around and he shot, and that's when he they start, and uh, and that was the ending. Like I would have done the same thing. I I want an answer. I you know it's like you leave the voicemail and then what are you gonna do? Drive off to Pittsburgh and barricade the house and cause a shootout I, where you know the police are gonna show up. Okay, so let, let's play it through this scenario. Okay. They, okay. they they he's standing there with a shotgun around the corner. They listen to the message. Like okay, yeah, we'll we'll let bygones be bygones. Are they just gonna let him walk out of the house then? My assumption is he was by like the front door and could have just like scurried out. He like, wasn't oh, by the front door. He wasn't by the door. He was in the middle of the house. They came in the door. He would have to go by them to get out. I don't think he was going. I believe his plan was that if they were going to be like fine mm-hmm. and try to call back the number, he was going to walk out unarmed and let them end it to and save the life like- of his sister. Like okay, fine. You have me. Like he he always planned on dying in that house. Like no matter. Yeah, he what. always. Okay. Yeah, no, he planned on dying in that house. That's what I. Um, that's how I took it. That's good because I did I did really picture him like scurrying out a window or something if it worked out. So I mean I think I like yeah. your read on it better. He just yeah, no, dives. He, was... he just like gets a running start and dives through the window. <laughs> Exactly, like, Scott Pilgrim style. Yeah, in a way that he's like not capable of during any of the movie. Yeah, that's what I picture. Yeah, Kyrian yeah, called. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's how I read that scene. Is okay. the fact that like he was waiting to hear what their answer was going to be, mm-hmm. and I think he figured that that the likelihood of him getting out of that house alive was like two percent. <laughs> so, like, oh. Okay. So, so to piggyback on this scene, then the one thing I do really like was his last word. I'm going to say, or his last like sentence. I liked it. He was like, he's in the car. He's in the car. He's to me. It felt like he was trying to do like the one decent thing that he did the whole movie. Yeah. Cause like, he's not, he messes up and he causes a lot of stuff. And the thing is you, you watch him realize what he's doing. And now at this point, he's like, okay, fine. This is the one thing I can do. I'm going to hold on to this. And I liked that. I think. Yeah. And to me, one of the things again one of the small pieces and it's like the meaning of this film is like yeah great you can get your revenge you you can do that but you don't know what type of what you know what you know what can of worms you're going to be opening by doing that and he quickly learns it's the worst case scenario the family doesn't want the police involved and they 
and they want to do their own brand of justice. Um, but there's two there's there's two parts in this movie that it's a serious movie. There 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 are a few parts that I laugh, okay. and there are two parts that I laugh really hard. And one is when the one brother that he basically kidnaps is in the trunk screaming. Mm-hmm. He's like, let me out, let me out. And then Dwight goes, man, if I only had a gun. And then the screaming stops, like the frantic screaming in the trunk stops. And the guy goes, well, shit, I could get you a gun. And then three <laughs> yeah. seconds go by. And then he starts frantically screaming again. I laugh every time I hear that. And then another time is when Dwight has the guy in in the trunk and the guy's, you know, out and they're talking in the field. And Dwight tries to shoot him. And he just slaps the side of the car and goes, fish in a barrel, man. Fish in a barrel. <laughs> because he couldn't shoot him from, like, you know, 10 feet away. It was it, it was hysterical. To me, that's funny. Like, that guy I, could know Amy. Like, he's, he's holding a rifle for crying out loud. That's bad to miss. I will that say, close of a distance. I did enjoy everything with the guy in the trunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything you just described, I did enjoy. Um, yeah, I think the the moment that made me laugh was when he's walking. It, I'll give some context for this. Then uh, he okay. walks into the hospital and then like just passes out. I like I, I forget what he says, but he just like passes out in the <laughs> lobby, and then he wakes up I, and just dips. Um, hey, I had an accident. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then he just dips. And the funny thing is, I like just read like the unethical life tip. Where if you have to go to the hospital, like don't give them your ID. <laughs> like, they can't charge you then. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what he does. Like, oh hey, Red, it's on the big screen. Got it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, th- those two moments I really laughed the hardest on. But like to me, being like I would like I- I'm not a gun person. I'm not a gun guy. But mm-hmm. like I-, I was on a competitive rifle team for my high school, so I shot competitively. Mm-hmm. In Boy Scouts, I was the raffle range instructor at the Boy Scout camp that I worked at, and I was also the merit badge counselor. So I taught kids about hunter safety, gun safety, how to shoot, how to aim, like all of that stuff. I helped out I helped out on the shotgun range. I helped out with the archery range. So a lot of seeing a lot of stuff in this movie, like I feel like this is kind of like a gun culture movie at the same time. Um, simply because they show the gambit of how to handle guns, what the reality is about, you know, owning firearms and what you're supposed to do. And one of the things that I always point to, to anybody that else that I know who have seen this movie is I like the little stuff that they do as, as in Dwight goes into like, he needs to find a gun. He wants to find a gun. He doesn't have the money to buy a gun. So he goes to steal one and he goes to a bar in like, let's say the middle of the night. Um, and he's just seeing if there's any cars with unlocked doors. And then he looks into a car and he sees a portable gun safe, just sitting on the seat, not under the seat, not in the glove box, just Just sitting just on the seat. He breaks the window and steals it. One of the funniest things that I like about that scene or on like the humor side of things is there's a, there's a, there's a firearm, 
target practice target sticker on the back of that truck. Aww. <laughs> so it's kind of like the person was identifying the fact that they were a gun person and they had it in their vehicle. So it's like you're making yourself a target for thieves. But at the same time, they also show what, you know, proper gun gun ownership looks like by having the trigger lock on it. And the fact that the gun was pretty much useless because to get the trigger lock off, he ends up breaking the gun to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so there's multiple things in this movie that I like about on that aspect, too. And like I said, there's not one major thing I like that makes me like this movie. It's all of this little stuff that's sprinkled in it that makes me love it. Yeah, see, the, I didn't pick up that was the trigger lock I yeah i didn't know, know that was, i didn't know what was going on there so i was like i don't know what this is so that kind i just of saw him break the gun and i yeah. like honestly i'm not a gun person like the only weapons i have in my house are lightsabers and they're not even the good ones <laughs> Same. Uh, Same. <laughs> um yeah. so yeah i'm not a gun person so that was completely missed on me i like devin said like we like the i can identify with the, if shit went south i have to go to a friend with guns yeah uh, um, <laughs> And uh, in in the chat, Peak says we all have those friends, Devin. I'm uh, sure yeah. everyone has that friend where they're like, "All right, I need a gun. I go to him." Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So like having the having the car he finds the gun and having all the little stuff in place, mm-hmm. you know, just like I mentioned. Then having the trigger lock on there that he's trying to break off and he can't. And he ends up breaking the gun doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the friend that he goes to and who tries to and honestly. I feel like Dwight sometimes on this podcast because you guys do what his friend does where his friend holds up the holds up the mini K14. I looked mm-hmm. it up. That's the name of the gun. I looked Good. it up because I wanted Good. to know what the actual name of it was. I wouldn't have known. Um, and he goes like he starts to hum the 18 theme yep. song and Dwight's like, I, I don't get it. And he's like, it's the 18 gun, man. It's the it, it's the gun from the 18. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> there there's so many moments like this on this podcast between you guys and myself that I'm just like, yep, I identify with that moment exactly. But um when he goes out and he tries to use it and he just misses the guy, and then you hear the pop of like the the rifle, yeah. and then like the few seconds go by, and then like the you know the this part of the guy's face just disintegrates. Graphic. Um, very nice graphics though. Um, I love that because that's accurate. That's like one hundred. That is one hundred and fifty percent accurate to time of hearing the gunshot and the time spent to like the bullet hitting. Like that was absolutely done. Like as far as I'm concerned, perfectly. The funny part was. Kristen said about how much that like that scene like shocked her a little bit because like she heard it but she was confused and then the bullet hit and the guy goes on the ground. The funny thing with me is as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this guy's dead." And then <laughs> boom, dead. <laughs> and then boom. shocked me. I had to, I literally rewound that part. I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> um but uh but so there's even that little stuff when it comes to like gun handling and just the way guns are, like how mm-hmm. they work, like there's there's that um, aspect of things in it too. Um, it, it does make me cringe a little bit when he throws that blanket full of guns into the lake because I just know all the corrosion that's going on on the metal, and it makes me hurt a little bit because <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money. Of. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about it because that's a lot of money. Right. Like 
that's a lot of money we, getting dumped into that lake. We are getting uber communist or uber capitalist yeah. Ryan tonight. That is yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You just are. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I had one last question about this movie, and in this, I, I started thinking about it. Cause I'm like, I love this movie. It talks about the cost of revenge, like the real cost of revenge. But then, like, so does a lot of revenge movies. Like, this is a co- like co- like the cost of revenge. Is it worth it? Like, that's something that's explored enough. I think that like if we were to do like a whole like three parter on or a whole like you know triple feature on the co- movies based on the cost of revenge, we could all pick one that the other ones haven't seen. So I think my question is like, since this is such a like common movie trope. Is revenge happening that much in real life that people need to keep cautioning against it? Like, I don't know that I've ever, like, purposely got revenge. I mean, obviously not the killing kind, but, like, I don't even, not even, like, a snarky email back. Like, I just don't do revenge. Like, is this something that, like, you think needs reinforced this much in media? Or is this oh, just, I like, do. an easy way to make a movie? I, I, it's both, I think. Yeah? I think it has to do with the stakes. Like... Uh-huh. I think story-wise is why there are so many revenge tales because, like, you know that character's motivation. You know what was taken from them, whether you've seen it like you do in the John Wick movies or if it's told to you like it is in this. Um, I think it's just having that motivational force, or e- <laughs> to bring up another example, McGruber. Uh, <laughs> yes. because in the, at the heart of it, that's a revenge story. Like it's yeah. MacGruber going up against, uh, Val Kilmer's character who I still won't say on the show. We won't. Nope. Um, <laughs> it, it's a revenge story. He's getting revenge for the murder of his wife at his wedding. Uh, so I think it's just, you can, and you can tell so many different kinds of stories like that. You can tell a, a thriller action thriller, like John wick. You can tell a mm-hmm. action comedy, like, um, MacGruber, um, the like, the one that comes to mind for me is Minority Report. Yeah, uh, just sitting here trying to think of a, a revenge story like that's that's heavily sci- like you can tell a sci-fi uh, revenge story because at the heart mm-hmm. of it, that film is a revenge story. He's trying to find out what happened to his son, and like he he like like that's why that's what his motivational for, force that's his motivation for why he works a pre crime and all of that. And it leads him down mm-hmm. this path to find the person who's responsible and get his revenge. Um, it, can you, Devin, can you think of another revenge film that we haven't talked about? Uh, true grit, which you haven't seen is a revenge I've film. I see. Oh, did you actually watch it a long time ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, just didn't so talk about true, it on the show. Yeah. True Grits one, like Gladiators, one of them. I like. I, I there's the Godfather is technically a revenge movie. I think if you kind of pull it back, I would say Godfather two more than Godfather. I think you're right. Yeah. I haven't right? seen Godfather two in a long time though. Uh, I haven't either. I have rewatched the Godfather, but I haven't got, gotten mm-hmm. Godfather two yet. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Can you think of another revenge film? I mean, there there's tons um yeah that's why i asked yeah i know but, um, <laughs> i i know there's tons and that's a problem whenever there's yeah. too many of an answer my mind goes blank because i can't shuffle everything around okay. ryan's answer is going to be the princess bride got it princess bride there we go yeah that's a great definitely. one but 
Yeah, Let's right? just go with that. My so... name is Ingo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Damn. Now I want to yeah. watch that. Do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so. One of the reasons, the main reason why I picked this movie, and I've been wanting to do this anyway, and this just gave me a good reason for it, is because this is an example of like an art film, like mm-hmm. some because this film was nominated tw- at twenty uh, for twenty different awards, wow. spread out amongst like eighteen, nineteen different music festivals, I mean, not music best, festivals, yeah. movie film <laughs> festivals. Thank you. Um, and funny enough, it actually one of um, and it won seven. Of wow. those like 20 and one of them was for the narrative there was some award for you know like best narrative through a film and mm-hmm. funny enough that was at the virginia film festival where all right where, of course it was where you know like half this movie takes place yeah um so i definitely consider this to be in that like art house art you know film category and i find it funny that alan and i basically switched positions from last week to this week yeah um and I think this pretty much shows the difference when it comes to like, this is the type of like art film that I do like where it does the drawed out scenes a little bit, but this movie to me is the perfect runtime. Like this is a perfect movie runtime in an hour and a half. Yes. This was an hour and a half of, of a movie. Like this was yeah. short. So like, to me, this is perfect. You get all of the art housey type stuff in it. You get all of the weird art housey camera angles in it that you expect with these type of movies. Um, but it's only an hour and 30 minutes compared to last week, which was two hours. I and watched this with you. This is my this is my example of okay. just, it, 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 just the differences between what Alan and I were talking about last week. So what I was going to say is I, I watched this two movie different with things. you. Uh, not this one, but I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey with you. Yeah. Was that one too much for you? Because, like, that one, like, is not an overly complex space story, but does artsy things. Like, it, there's a long, drawn-out shot of a pen floating in space. Do I know there's, why that's different to me? Yeah, cause I do. I really do. Because that seems, like, for you, the wrong side of Art House. It's sci-fi. Okay. Fair. Fair. And the fact that it's in space mm-hmm. intrigues me. So I'm fine with it drawing that type of stuff out to... to to a point. And there's a lot of it being the first movie to do that type, you know, to be able to do the type of stuff it does when it did. Okay. So there's, there's, there's genre and history that's mixed into like, that pulls a lot of this stuff back. I, I will accept that answer, Ryan. So for me, like the big difference between, I don't want that picture back up. Uh, the big difference between <laughs> this and it was the uh, it was that pie from earlier. The big difference Keep between it up. Keep it up. yeah the big difference between this and pa- the power of the dog. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think is just money. Like honestly, like anyone can go out and make a film like this. Devin and I tried it. We did recently. Um, yeah, not not to this extreme, but like like. The power of filmmaking is, the art of filmmaking is very accessible right now. Anyone can take a cell phone out and and film a movie if they wanted to. Um, and this is this is very low budget, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with low budget films. I work on them all the time. Uh, I make my own with no budget. Uh, this has more <laughs> of a budget than anything I've ever worked on, uh, personally. Um, and I think 
I think the big difference between the, like the Ryan, would you say that the acting quality is on par with what you saw in Power of the Dog in this? Honestly, yes. Okay. I would say yes, too, to be fair. I know you're probably making a point against it, and please change my mind, but like, I think that they were both kind of cartoony. I think Benedict Cumberbatch was as cartoony as this guy was cartoony paranoid. Yeah. I, and I think, and I again, I think the big difference is... Uh, Name three Benedict Cumberbatch projects outside of the Power of the Dog. Name three with this guy. Like I think, I, and like not that I'm going against the Academy, but I think the Academy is very, uh, like this is what we're gonna nominate because we know these people, and mm-hmm. it, it's like if you want to see like good cinema, like 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 this, like if you, Ryan, if you like this, you're gonna love. Like you go to any film festival, you're gonna see stuff. Uh, on par with this. You're going to see stuff that's worse than this. You're going to see stuff that's better than this. Like film festivals really run the gambit. Um, but this is, this is definitely a, an, a, a film festival film. Like I'm not surprised that it went to all these film festivals and won all these awards. <laughs> it definitely deserved them. Uh, I don't know if it's Oscar quality because the, there are so many rules and stipulations for Oscars too. Um, but this is definitely an independent film. Yeah. An independent art house film. Um, and I bring all this up to say, uh, cause I think we can announce this because I want to announce it and I'm going to say it. it. Uh, we are, you have to watch this podcast is going to be one of the sponsors of an event coming up at the end of April, uh, which is the horror centric mental health focused, uh, horrific hope, uh, film festival that our friends over at uh, Victims and Villains are hosting. Um, this film festival is taking place in Winchester, Virginia at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, and the graphic I have here on the screen says that uh, it uh, is a little bit inaccurate. Originally, it was going to be half online, half in person. It is now a fully in-person event at the Alamo Draft House on April 29th and April 30th. I will be there. Devin might mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I would suggest you go to this. I think you're going <laughs> to see some stuff here that you're going to, you're going to enjoy. Like, I think a film festival uh, is right up your alley. And since we're sponsoring one, <laughs> uh, I think you'd really enjoy some of the stuff that's coming out of this. You guys have never seen how I react to art movies that I don't like. <laughs> I, you know what? I want to see it. I really want to see it. And I want to talk about some of these movies there. No, I no, 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 no. want to go to this. The first, the first bad one I see, I oh. might be in my car driving back home. You don't understand <laughs> how much, like, I don't are, like bad art films. <laughs> you are now the judge. They will have Ryan in every screening. And if it's bad, they will let you know. He will let you know. Yeah, because the festival is going to be over because the judge is going home after, after the first one I don't like. <laughs> I love this. I love the stakes. You won't have to, we're not actually judging anything. Um, I don't think I'll have to talk to Josh, but yeah, uh, it's going to be a cool event. Uh, I'll have to, oh, we'll be sharing more information as the event gets closer. Um, but it's going to be a re- really fun time. I've seen a little bit of, actually I have all of the films on my uh, desktop right now. Cause I have to edit the, uh, I have to edit the sizzle reel so I can go through and watch them all now and, 
I can tell Ryan which ones he should skip. But I'm, I'm so not jealous, sure. actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be really cool. Uh, we have some fun things planned for that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we're doing another uh, awareness-a-thon with them to promote the event. So that'll be... Mark your calendars now. April 29th and 30th in Winchester, Virginia at the Alamo Draft House. There will be drink specials and food specials that are themed to the film festival. Um, I'm trying to get Josh on board for some raffles, so we'll see. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a great time. Uh, so I highly recommend you guys check that out. Um, anything else on Blue Ruin before we wrap this up? It was crowdfunded. That's I cool. wanted to get I wanted to get that in there when Alan was talking about the budget f- for the film. Um, is that was it uh, the direct uh, salute, salute, whatever the yeah. director mm-hmm. uh, funded the production on the film through a successful Kickstarter campaign, which MTV of all places um, said was the perfect example of what crowdfunding can accomplish. Damn fair. Fun, fun, funnily enough, now, I just saw the uh, Family Guy where Stewie, Brian, and Chris decide to uh, crowdfund a film because, <laughs> because they wrecked a, a electronic store and they're like, "Oh, let's just do a Kickstarter for a film," and then just uh, say it fell through and then take the money. Uh, <laughs> but then they ended up raising too much money, so they had to make the film. Yeah, <laughs> like if Zach Braff can do it, why can't we? <laughs> exactly but the thing is i would i would definitely like the um the quote from what mtv said about about you know crowdfunding if maybe this was the late 90s back when mtv actually did have a good news program a good news bench like mtv was actually good at doing yeah. news and putting out facts since like 2006 i'm not entirely sure anything past that when it comes to, like mtv you know reports and it's not something that has to do with like top 40 music at that current time i just kind of shuffle i just kind of yeah. <laughs> at this okay. point can you, can you guys think of any other examples of crowdfunded films that you enjoy yes I in fact don't know of any other oh my ones. gosh hold on <laughs> for me the veronica mars movie is a good one uh that already had the built-in fan base so like they they're like hey if we raise this much money we'll make a movie and everyone's like yes please and they broke like all the kickstarter records in a day uh so my movie uh is um that I that I love from kickstarter it uh stars michael fassbender david hasselhoff and david sandberg do you okay. guys know this movie? It's Kung Fury. How I, how old is that? It is 2015. Oh, okay. I thought that was a different one, and I was going to say, Devin, that's a really problematic movie. <laughs> I don't know that this is. I if this no no is no. The one it's not okay. the. It's it's not because the one I'm thinking of came out in like either the late 90s or very early millennium. And now that I'm talking about it, I think it's called. Um, come pow or something like that. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent not that. This is yeah. <laughs> cool. If you guys haven't seen this, it's thirty one minutes of glory. <laughs> thirty one minutes of glory. Best so thirty one minutes. Just of your life. just looking at some of the uh, some of the the biggest uh, films that were kickstarted, Kickstarter funded. Uh, King Kung Fury. 
The Babadook, which I did not know was a Kickstarter Ooh, film. That's a very good one. Uh, none of these other ones are really uh, jumping out at me. Did you just, did you just go Mm-mm, for the Babadook? The ending killed it for me. I'm sorry. Oh, I loved, I loved it. Uh, mm. It was a metaphor for depression. The whole thing. Oh wow, so original. Hmm. I give me more. Give me more metaphor movies. I'll take it. I don't care if it's a horror. I'll eat it. I'm sorry, but that was just like that was basically like, oh my god, this is actually turning out to be a really good horror movie. That's what it is. Seriously? Oh come on. Uh, that was seriously my reaction to that movie. I'm good. sorry, but um, no. I'm sorry. Other ones no. like we mentioned, just trying to get get away from. I, I have nothing to contribute the to that. I haven't seen the Babadook. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, the Veronica Mars, like we mentioned. Wish I Was Here, the Zach Braff. Forgot about that. One that we mentioned. Uh, Laser Team by Rooster Teeth. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Blue Blue Mountain State, the movie. I feel like I lived that because I went to Penn State, and that I feel like huh. that's what they're making fun of. Just that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, Devin and I played a thing over the weekend. Uh, I introduced Devin to a game that started on Kickstarter uh, called Ravine, and it was a lot of fun. It's a fun game. I like I like board games a lot, and this was a really good one. Uh, it, it's it's a weird mix of like genuine strategy and like party game, because like a lot of party games I played are just like ah, put the funny thing on your head. Ah, you get to sing like a cowboy now, and like it's just stupid. This one wasn't stupid. This one was fun. Yeah. We realized after you left, we wouldn't be able to play the expansion because you need like eight people to do that one. You need eight people. Yeah. Oh so wow. Ne- okay. So next time you're in town. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll get Ryan involved a, and. Good. Th- there's a Kickstarter game that it should be getting released at some point this year, I think, where it's a where it's I, I think the term is second person, not first person, but like a second person game. Yeah. Where you're where you're an alley cat. <laughs> and you have to go on like missions and stuff but 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 like it's not like cartoony like you're an actual physical cat that is an actual cat like you're not like some cartoon cat with a gut like you're an actual cat and you have to go on these like puzzle missions where where like you have to like navigate the city to go from one location to another to like move stuff around or whatever it looks really good like it does like but i'm trying to find the name of it but... you'll have to send it to me after because that description did not sell me on it yeah. No, y- y- you have to see the animation for it. Okay. I'm I'm down. I'm down. All right. Uh I think that does it for this week's episode on Blue Ruin. Yeah. Uh Devin, next week is your pick because that's how the show works. And you actually be here <laughs> for your week. So, tell us what you have us watching next week. We're watching an Oscar nomination uh Ooh. because there's an Oscar nomination that's coming out that's very very close to my heart. Uh, and I've actually, oddly enough, heard some very mixed reaction to this movie. So I'm actually, I know where Ryan sits on it, but I'm very curious where you sit with it, Alan. Okay. Uh, next week's watch is Encanto. Wait a second. I just had, I just had a realization. What's your realization? I don't think I'm going to be here for the show next week. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. We're still doing Encanto. And if it just ends up being Ryan and I talking about Encanto, it, it's going to I think you know, us we, talking we, about we, it. We, we, we can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Uh, okay, are you you not, so are you that. not going to be here for the show next week? I don't, I can, I don't think I'm going to be here for the show next week. If that changes, that's fine. You know. Okay, uh, yeah, then think, that's I fine. I'll be here in time. I'm, then on, Ryan... I'm on set, so. Oh, of an independent uh, film. Oh, yeah. So that's good. that's good, though. Yeah. So wait, Ryan, have you seen There Will Be Blood? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> have you seen There Will Be Blood? 
the movie. Yes, I have. Dang it. Okay. Um, you know what? Dev, we'll talk Dev, about it after Dev, the show. Dev, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll figure yeah. it out because uh, I had to ruin everything. No, it's all uh, right. We'll I, I, I feel bad. I made the joke that you're not gonna, that you weren't here for your last week, and now <laughs> I'm not going to be here for it, your. It's for karma. Your it's going all yeah, the way around. It is. Um, well, until next time, uh, if you want to find out what our episode is going to be next week, where uh, Devin and Ryan are probably going to be talking by themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find out what the pick's going to be on our Facebook and Instagram feeds. Uh, you can make sure you follow the show here on Twitch and Facebook and YouTube. Um, you can visit our website, uh, rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com slash you have to watch this podcast. Uh, we can find all of our previous episodes, our Twitch stream, and links to our socials. Um, in fact, I'll put that in the chat here just before I forget. Uh, and until next time, I, I'm going to throw some things out there for, for, for Devin and Ryan to pick from for next week. Oh, good. Um, and until next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we, they will see you next week. See you next week without Alan. <laughs>